You're listening to the God Center Mom Podcast with me, Heather McFadden. As the mom of four young boys, I know motherhood's hard. But sometimes I think I make it harder than it needs to be by putting myself in the center of things or even my kids. I forget to place God there and be led by His Spirit. I also tend to forget that I'm surrounded by God. He goes before me, He walks with me on the hard days, and He comes behind me when I make a mistake. So each week I'll interview someone new and we'll discuss what it means to be a God-centered mom. Thanks for listening. Hey y'all, welcome to the God-Centered Mom podcast. I am so excited, and I think I say that every single podcast, but this time I'm extra excited. Um, I have a fun new guest, and I know I've interviewed my mom, and I've interviewed my dad, and my husband, and we've gone beyond that to some friends, and and even Trisha Goyer, an author, but y'all, today I'm inviting, we need like a drum roll or something, big time. I was reminded the other day, New York Times best-selling author. That seems really big, really big. New York <laughs> Times best-selling author, Melanie Schenkel, um, to the show. And well, Melanie, just welcome. Thank welcome. you, Heather. Thank you. That I, still seems like a fake introduction to me. It does. I know, but you know why? It, it, it even I can say it like in a funny way because you don't act that way. You don't. I I just love uh, your humility. Is so awesome. It well, truly you're, is. You're sweet. I'm still waiting on my special jacket you're supposed to get. You know, I thought you were going to get like a green jacket or something <laughs> or when you patch. made that club. Yeah. You need a patch for your members only one. So <laughs> exactly. That, that would be better. You come up with that. Well, um, I uh, was kind of late to the bandwagon, I have to admit, as far as fangirls go of Big Mama. I was <laughs> pretty late jumping on. It was about two years ago. Um, what's so great about your writing, because I'm just going to just lift you up a little bit. Um, is that it's easy. It's easy. It's not like you're pushing in our face the message, but we get the message. So your first book was Sparkly Green Earrings. And, you know, that title, okay, it's just unassuming. There's some earrings, and you're just just (laughs) going along for the ride. And by the end of it, you say, I love my kids so much. I mean, (laughs) it's not like you said, love your kids, appreciate all the little moments. You just made us appreciate the little moments and not take them for granted. That is a gift. That's a gift. Well, thank you. Thank you. So today, I mean, yes, this is the God Center Mom podcast, and we'll talk about God, and we'll talk about being a mom, but I'm excited about your new book that came out this week. Yeah. Uh-huh. And I it know. is The Antelope in the Living Room, which, yes, once again, you got me with the title. <laughs> You're just like, what is that about? What is that about? And um, being the amazing interviewer that I am, I have not read the book. Isn't that good? Well, that's okay. It gives you something to look forward to later. It's ordered, (laughs) and Amazon Prime should have it at my door um, Friday. That's the deal. So it'll be weekend reading. Spoiler alert. Well, and if I had been like any kind of an author, I would have sent you an early copy is what Mm. I really should have done. And then I could have. Yeah, I know. Mm-hmm. It goes and back I, to my bank card issues I was just telling you about <laughs> earlier. I'm just, I'm not a detail person. I really, I want to be, I want to be, but I'm know, not. So, and, and I'm just trying to brace the fact because I'm the same way. It, it's okay. We can't all well, be. We can't all be because then, then you won't be the person that's just like easygoing. When I well, get in that true. detail mode, it's not fun to be around. No. <laughs> 
it's not no, pretty. It stresses me out. It's like, and, and my husband laughs at me because I'll be like, oh my gosh, I have so much to do today. He's like, what? And I'll name like three things. He's like, that's not even like a real list. And I'm like, I know, but it feels like it to me because I just, it's a lot for me to wrap my brain around when I have certain things I have to do at certain times. Like I'm just, I, it's never been my strong suit. Okay. So yes. And since we're talking about marriage, let's go there. I, okay. <laughs> That is a struggle in our marriage as well. And my sweet husband is so forgiving and gracious because, okay, he, I don't, I haven't really mentioned this on the podcast, but he's like CFO of a company, like a company, oh like a big company. <laughs> and he was, detail. yeah, and he was COO and CFO for like oh a year and a half. Gosh. And so I'm sure he just rolls his eyes about in the back of his head. I mean, he doesn't do it to me when I'm just like, and then I have to, I have to schedule a birthday party. I just don't know when we're going to have this birthday party. We've got da, 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 da. I'm like these tiny little minutiae details. And then there's this form and we got to re-sign up for school and did it. And I'm like stressing out mm-hmm. over these tiny little details. And he's like, dear, I am running a mini multi-million dollar company here. Yes. Get yes, your act exactly. together. Yeah. Get, go pick up the package from Korea for real. Mm-hmm. Let's go. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. No. yeah, I get the details and it's okay. And um, I just, I, I, someday I'll get those pictures. You know how people put on Instagram that they got a book from an author? Yeah. Oh, oh, that's going to be me someday. Mm-hmm. Well, that's the goal. It, it, it could have been. If I was worth anything, it, it could have been you. But I'm just, apparently, I'm a terrible detail person. So it's okay. I apologize for that. For the glory that you give us on the other way and the parts of your life, we forgive you for the details. <laughs> Thank you. Thank we you. We forgive you for the details. Exactly. Now let's talk about the antelope in the living room. So um, what? tell us the story behind that. The title came from about three years ago. I guess it was about three or four years ago. My husband's a hunter. We live in South Texas. And he, um, I had been on a road trip with my best friend Gully and our kids. It was right before Thanksgiving. We got back, I think, two days before Thanksgiving. And it had been one of those terrible road trips, like, you know, where the kids just acted awful. Mm. And we were so stressed out. And so I got in the house, and I was frazzled, and I was still needing to go to the grocery store right before Thanksgiving, which I didn't want to do that, and Mm -mm. the whole thing. And he had decided to surprise me with an antelope that he had shot and had mounted, you know, taxidermied and had it hanging in our living room. And like, when I say antelope, I don't, like, I really need you to have a visual. It was like, this animal weighed like 2,000 pounds when it was still, you know, roaming free in the wild. (laughs) So it was like having a cow. I mean, it's the equivalent of having a cow (laughs) hanging on your, I mean, it was huge. It had like these horns. Like, it wasn't pretty. Like, some antelopes, you think African antelope? No, this is like a Nilgai antelope. It kind of looked like a satanic goat is what it looked like. (laughs) And it was hanging. And the way he hung it was right by my front door. So not only was it huge, but it looked like like something out of the news, like this animal had been running down our street and just crashed through the front of our house. <laughs> like it was just right there. And I was so like annoyed and he thought it was so great. And I was so annoyed with him. And I was like, why, why do you hate our house? Like, why, why are you doing this to me? Like, I don't understand. And so it was one of those moments where like, he thought it was going to be funny. He really kind of hung it there to be funny, knowing that I probably wasn't going to leave it by the front door. But like we get, then we got in one of those fights that you get in. And so for the next three days, it was just like those polite sentences you say to each other because you have to. Like, yes. are you taking the kids to school? Are you packing the lunch? Whatever. But we were so mad at each other. And I thought that is marriage is everybody has an antelope in their living room. That's so good. Yeah, so, so true. And so with the book, with the memoir, do you start off with that story or do you lead in with like how you met? Like how is it, how is it organized? It really is organized how um, um, 
from the it's chronological more than anything so that story is in there but it is closer to the end so um it kind of starts with how we met and um marriage and our wedding and all of those things and then it just kind of goes um in some sort of order at that point which your your you know your poor friend stephanie we've talked about heather's friend stephanie is actually my editor and god bless her i bet she was up late some nights trying to figure out how to organize this book because I would just send chapters and be like I don't know where this goes but just put it wherever you think so she's awesome she's I know so she great. probably's having to get her hair colored now no. because I've given her so many gray ones no she really she even told me she said Heather this is a good book this is oh, a really really good book she has figured out even more so how to be funny like oh that's just sweet. perfected it and so I'm excited to read it and what caught me was your little promo video mm-hmm Oh my goodness, I was in tears. I was oh, in tears because for me, for us, I didn't get married, um, you know, later. I was 21 when we got oh, married. Man. Yeah, and oh. I met him right before I turned 19. Wow. So I was a freshman. He was a senior. And so what, that line you said, we grew up together, mm-hmm. I was mm-hmm. like, oh my goodness, I have goosebumps. I could cry now. I mean, that's it. That is mm-hmm. it. Yes, you know, we've been married 15 years, you know, next month, but we have grown up together. He has helped me in so many ways and we've just rubbed off on each other. I mean, I, I was a hot mess in a lot of ways and, and he's, you know, and talk about, we were talking about details. Oh man, I I had a hard time being independent, you know, and Mm -hmm. now he's just Mm -hmm. helped me kind of come into my own and a little bit, a little bit. Yeah. I'm learning. Yeah. I know that. that, So did y'all meet when you were young? We met when we were, um, how old were we? 22, 23, I think. Or maybe we we might have met before then, but we didn't really become friends and then start dating until we were like in our early 20s. But you realize, I mean, in your early 20s, I mean, I thought I was so old. I mean, I was out of college and I had my first job and I was living in my first apartment. But when you look back at those pictures and just think of how, I mean, I was a baby, you know, it's just, it's so crazy to look back. And then we got married when we were 26. Okay. So we weren't, you know, super young, but at the same time, I look back and go, oh, 26 is really, it feels really young, you know, compared to 40. And you're just so much, you change so much in those years because I look back and think I had no idea who I was or what I wanted to be. And I was a new Christian on top of it at that point. So I feel like I had a lot of growing in Christ to do. Um, and just all those things. So I really do feel like we, we grew up together in so many ways. And then there's just life experiences. I mean, becoming parents makes you grow up. I mean, having a mortgage makes you grow up. I mean, there's just, you know, being responsible. There's just things like that, that you realize you've figured out together. It's, It's good. It's good. I think, I think again, just like you did with sparkly green earrings, we're going to walk away with, you won't like throw it in our face. You know, marriage uh-huh. is a good thing, but I think we'll walk away <laughs> with an appreciation for something that we kind of take for granted or that's kind of been devalued. And yes. I think, you know, if someone just happens to pick up your book thinking, oh, this is about, you know, some animal, then they'll be surprised <laughs> and it could change some marriages. So I think it's awesome. I hope. I hope. That's my prayer for it is I just... I feel like we can get so caught up in that everything has turned to, are you with your soulmate? Is that your soulmate? And you know what? Some days, yes, he feels like my soulmate. And other days, I can't stand him. You know, that's, and that's real life. I mean, you get, you get annoyed and, but there's something so, um, so incredible about just being able to just find the, the good moments and the funny moments and just the, 
real life moments and just the everyday, you know, because life can seem so mundane and so routine, but there's nothing wrong with that. You know, that's, that's life. And that would be life with or without being married, you know, and, and um, I just think if we can appreciate our marriage and that, well, I always say for me, I think it was so good that I didn't get married right out of college as much as I wanted to. That would have been my ideal scenario because I think it gave me time to realize that like, life after college is just a lot of responsibility. I mean, it's paying your rent and going to work and it's not as much fun as when your parents are taking care of everything, you know? And so I think if I had gotten married right out of college, I would have thought, oh, marriage is boring and terrible. But no, sometimes life is just boring and terrible. You know what? That is a very good point. Yeah. I remember that moment. I think my husband said that. He was like, Heather, life is just hard. People need to get over it. Life is Uh just hard. And you uh-huh. just pick up your bootstraps. I mean, he comes from a very optimistic family. That doesn't sound yeah. very much so. But I think they've just kind of gotten over. They traveled a lot. They've seen the world. They've seen hard things. Uh-huh. And they just, that's reality. Let's uh-huh. let's go above it and just enjoy everything. Celebrate everything that's good instead of bemoaning this little thing here or there. So Yes, absolutely. He's absolutely. been good for me for that. So what has your husband taught you? What have you learned most? In the last, how many years of marriage have you had? I just 16. Did, 16. That just totally dated you. You realize that. I, that's okay. That's, that's okay. Happened. Okay, 16. So, um, so 16, 1998, was that right? 97, 97. 97. Okay. Yeah, so we'll be 17 years this August. Awesome. Um, so what has he taught I, you? You know, I think he's taught me so many things. I think he's taught me to be more self-reliant. I think that he's taught me that I can do things that I didn't think I could do. I think he pushes me, you know, like I, even with the book stuff, mm. I laugh because for years I was kind of like, well, maybe, I don't know, I'll write a book or whatever. And every now and then he would just say to me out of the blue, he'd be like, so how's that book coming? <laughs> and at the time I was like, I need you to shut up about the book. Like I need you to quit talking about it. But I, I really don't think it would have happened if I hadn't had him like, continually because he knew that that was something I needed to do, you know, and, and he knows me that a lot of times I'm going to sit on the couch and watch TV instead of, you know, moving forward and doing stuff. And he, he pushed me in that. And I think Perry's biggest gift is his discernment. Like he Mm. just sees a situation for what it is. And my big gift is mercy. And so we really need those to balance each other out, you know? Um, so it's, it's really been good to see how, you know, those strengths and weaknesses complement each other. Because sometimes I need to tell him that situation is not as black and white as you're making it. And sometimes he needs to tell me, you need to move on. You know, like, this is this is enough and you need to move on. And so it's it's a good balance. You know, I think that we totally help each other in different ways and grow each other up in different ways, like you mm-hmm. said. And just, you know, and I think sometimes we polarize each other, right? Like, yeah. Sure. If <laughs> it's not like um, we can both not be detailed people, somebody's got to mm-hmm. pick up the slack, or else yes. our life falls apart. You know, we all we we kind of have to. That's what we talked about. We we end up polarizing each other. If I start being one extreme, really messy, mm-hmm. he's got to be really neat to kind of compensate, yes. or it all goes wreck. Um, yeah. Okay, so I kind of saw the chapter titles on Pioneer Woman's. I did my uh-huh. research. Look at me. Oh, I did, did my research. Did. Um, Pioneer Woman's really awesome write-up about the book. And she said her favorite chapter was the Judge Judy chapter. Yes. Are you talking about that? Or is that, like, going to be a spoiler if people no, hear about it ahead of time? I can I can give you the, uh, the overview. There was a time that Perry had bought a Polaris, which is like a four-wheel drive type thing, you know, one of, like, a, like a golf cart hunting 
type thing. Yeah. Um, and so he had this Polaris. We'd had it for a couple of years. Um, we bought that instead of um, putting granite countertops in our kitchen. Oh, but, no. You know, but that's okay. Um, you know. That's yeah, it's it's an it's a needed. It's on the yeah. need list, uh, not the sure. want, not the list. For sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so. Anyway, we had bought this thing, and he took it in to get repaired to this repair shop, and a tragedy befell the Polaris Ranger while it was at the repair shop. Oh, no. And so I always said, so Perry finally had to go show up at the shop. It's a story. I'm not going to spoil the whole thing. But anyway, mm-hmm. there's a story where it, it just a series of unfortunate events, and Perry finally had to show up there with an attorney. Oh, no. um, the whole time I was hoping maybe I was going to end up on Judge Judy, you know, or one of those, like, it's not people's court anymore. Do they no. still have people's court? But, you know, know, one of yeah, those. Yeah, yeah, one of those. Yeah, the defendant. Yeah. yeah. Well, like, dun, dun, all the yeah. strong music and everything. Well, I feel like if you've got legal problems, it's best to, to play them out on television. So Totally. And wear something <laughs> skanky while doing For it. For sure. And maybe if you can scream at somebody, that helps, too. A lot of gesturing. <laughs> broad gesturing. I think. Yes. Wow. Okay. So I'm, I'm going to look forward to the Judge Judy chapter. For sure. Yes. For mm-hmm. sure. Okay. So um, I am. I feel like I have to confess that I've been slightly distracted in our interview because I keep getting phone calls and from our school because it is snowing in Dallas. Oh, and I feel like we're going to re (laughs) I think we're replaying Birmingham and Atlanta over here. Like everyone's like, Oh, sure. It's snowing. Let's just send everybody to school. That'll be a good idea. That's, you know, that's never been a bad decision in any other major city where people are stuck. And Texas, Texas handles snow and ice so well. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, yeah. It mm-hmm. took me. Oh my, my heavens! I thought we were going to miss our interview because of how long it took me to drive across town to drop off at different schools. That's so, crazy. So I did just find a text from the people we carpool with, and she said, "Apparently, apparently, we are getting out at twelve fifteen. So oh, okay. I think we'll be fine." Okay. But I was distracted in the whole. Should I end the interview and go <laughs> listen to this? Feels free. Listen, like, feels free. are my children or Melon? I mean, it's tough. <laughs> It's yeah, tough. what's more important? I mean, this totally is important. mommy's doing her podcast right now, kids. <laughs> this is really you can yeah. spend the night at school; it will not kill you. No, you so. will. It'll be fun. I just as we were driving, I'm like, look at this adventure. Our car's <laughs> slipping at the light. Isn't this a fun adventure? And the baby's like, adventure, adventure. Uh, yeah. Well, look, I'm going to tell hell. you. I mean, mm. I don't mean to strike fear in you, but you know that happened. That's what happened to Sophie in this Birmingham. That's what I'm saying. Ago, yes. Because they were going to. They were like, oh yeah, we're going to dismiss school at eleven. Well, by the time it got to be eleven, it was a lot worse than they had thought. So I'm not saying you need to end the podcast, <laughs> but feel free to end the podcast. I don't want to be the reason that your children have to spend the night at school Darn and have snow camp at the, at the school. Yeah. They're all over town too. That's the fun part. Um, oh, well, the, there's two of them at one and two at the other. They've got each other. They're brothers. They'll be fine. They'll be they'll fine. Be no, they're, yeah, yeah sure. it'll be good. I'm, I will be, we'll make it through. We'll make it through. Um, but, uh, let's, let's press on. One of the things when I bring someone on to God Center mom that I do is I have them reveal all their deep, dark, horrible, terrible secrets and (laughs) humbling moments. Um, Mm -hmm. So you could, you know, I think the goal is that sometimes we take ourselves too seriously. And I think you aren't one of those people, but I think sometimes we do. And for me, sometimes I just want to get it right so badly that um, I just end up humiliating myself in the process (laughs) or in being miserable. I mean, if I, I think you had a great quote that I heard you say to Edie 
was it a Mark Twain quote that talked talked about tragedy? Yes. Okay, say yes. that quote. That was a good it one. It is. Mark Twain said, and I've always thought this, is humor is tragedy plus time. Mm. And so, and I, I think that's so true because you think, and it's that whole reason that something awful happens and people will make a joke and they'll be like, is it too soon? Because, you know, <laughs> yeah. over time you can make a joke about it. Yeah. When it's fresh, sometimes you can't. But raw. later on, you can you can joke about it. It's a little raw. Yeah. So some of those mommy stories, it's hard to laugh in the moment. For sure. Or yeah. those marriage stories. I mean, mm-hmm. I remember being so upset. I, I walked out. I was going to leave. I'm just, mm-hmm. I didn't know where I was going, but yeah. I was. And mm-hmm. I get in the garage and I have no keys. Uh, that's the worst. Oh, and that's I the think, worst. Do I just walk back in shame and admit mm-hmm. I have no keys and grab them and go back out again? Mm-hmm. What do we do here? And I think I came in and my husband likes to use humor a lot in the moment. Sometimes it, yes. it rubs me wrong, but um, he's good about making light of things in the moment and I think he he just started laughing and I had to kind of take that layer of anger off and start laughing too and I just realized how ridiculous the whole thing was but mm-hmm. you know I think we add just the drama layer it can make it worse so tell me is there a, a humbling moment that you can look back and laugh about now or maybe it's you know maybe you can't um either in motherhood or I guess your um, book is kind of that. Huh? I know. It's kind of, you know, it's funny because I think that's kind of so many of the things, especially in the marriage book, well, in the motherhood book, that in that moment, you think this is not funny. <laughs> but later on, you get away from it and you're like, oh, that is kind of funny. Like one of the stories in Antelope I talk about is one of our very first fights. And um, Perry looked at me while we were in the middle and we were newly married, you know, I don't know, maybe a month, two months. And it was our first big fight. I don't even remember what it was about now. So obviously it was very important. <laughs> yeah. And he looked at me, because this is Perry being so black and white, and he said, I'm tired. He said, you can sit down here and cry, or you can come upstairs and cry if you need to keep talking about this, but I'm tired, and I'm going to get in bed. And he just turned and walked up the stairs, and I was so mad that I took our cordless phone, which, you know, at the time, this was 1997, (laughs) so cordless phones were significantly bigger than they are now, and threw it at the wall, you know, like just threw it. And I was so mad, and it was in that moment where you think, well, I've made a terrible mistake. I've married a heartless person who Mm -hmm. doesn't want to sit here with me at 1030 at night and debate whatever this is that we were debating. And, you know, at the time, you think, I'm never going to get over this. Like, this is terrible. But then about that time, Perry walked and he peeked. We lived in a two-story townhome at the time. And he kind of peered around the corner. And he goes, well, that was the most white trash thing I've ever seen anybody do. (laughs) And it just... (laughs) And at the time, that even made me madder. Because it was like, how dare he say that? But now I look back and think, that is hilarious. Why was I throwing a phone? First of all, we were poor. I didn't need to throw and break our phone. (laughs) Right. Right. You know, and it was a rental townhome, so it required some sheetrock repair. I mean, oh. it was a dumb thing to do. But, you know, you just get so mad that in the moment you aren't, you know, you just aren't thinking about it. But later you look back and go, oh, that was actually pretty funny. <laughs> that totally reminds me of a story. So when we were first married, we lived in um, Wheaton, Illinois, just the little suburb of Chicago. Yes. Yeah. And we had a little group of friends. And we were all kind of sharing that first year of marriage, like, stories together and just – the ridiculous things we do. And one couple told us that um, an Asian friend, like an actual um, family that lived in China, sent them a wedding present. And apparently there, they, it's like a tradition to give little wooden ducks. Oh. And one's the female duck and one's the male duck. And you keep them on your counter facing each other. But when you're upset, you turn your duck <laughs> You turn oh. your duck away from the turn other one. Turn your duck. You turn your duck around. Yeah. Oh, I so have an inappropriate joke to make about that, but I'm going to stop. <laughs> so, 
I'm going to stop myself because this is the God-centered mom podcast. It is the God-centered mom. You keep it in, we'll, we'll just tell later. But, yeah. um, so she, so they got in a huge fight and she ha- like later like took his duck and just threw it against the wall and the head broke <laughs> off. And she went and hid in the closet and he comes in the room and he goes, where's my duck? Like, okay, we're not doing passive aggressive. We are all out throwing the duck against the wall here, people. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Oh my I mean, gosh, really, can me... you only imagine that that's how you do marriage problems? When my duck is turned. Yeah. Yeah. Then when you know. You watch out. You watch out. You watch out. We are, mm-hmm. we are, we are in trouble. Yeah. Trouble. You need to come talk to me. So wow. yeah, the, oh, the throwing things against the wall. I, you know, my two year old mm-hmm. does it. So mm-hmm. I guess it's in there. It's all. it's in there somewhere, but you know, you don't, and I mean, but the good news is he has not made, I haven't thrown anything since. So I did love my lesson. <laughs> that's good. Yeah. That so is. maybe that's the most important thing he's taught me is not to be white trashed in an argument and throw <laughs> stuff across the room. Maybe that's the lesson. Yeah. I've well, and with all the hunting and, and the Polaris and things like that. So, and I've seen some of your Instagrams, y'all. I mean, you're not white trash. I'm not going to say that. No, <laughs> not saying you're white trash. No. But he does tend towards more the manly, like endeavors, like the hunting yes. and the archery and the. He is the a Texas, yeah. He's okay. a Texas boy through and through. I mean, he loves the outdoors. That's where he wants to be. That's his happy place. I mean, he owns a landscaping business because I say he never could have been in an office like that. Just would not have been him to have That's to dress up and go in an office every day. And he just he's an outdoors guy. So, and he comes from a long lineup. I mean, his grandfather was a big hunter. His dad was actually a wildlife photographer. So, um, wow, comes, that's yeah. cool. Yeah, very cool. And so he comes from a long line of outdoorsmen and he is an outdoorsman. So, and I knew that when I was dating him, which was so foreign to me because like I always say my family, like outdoors to us was like, maybe we played golf, you know, that was our, <laughs> yeah. the wilderness, you know, maybe you carry your own clubs, you Whoa. know, if you're really going to rip it. But, um, but there wasn't a lot of camping or anything like that. So, okay. um, but he loves all of that stuff and he's passionate about it. That's awesome. So what, yeah. so what do y'all do together? Like, did you, do you have a common hobby or thing that you like <laughs> to do together? Or do you just kind of let him do his thing, you do your thing, and then maybe go on a date or something? That's kind, of, that's kind of more how we work. I mean, I feel like we don't have like a, I mean, we'll never be one of those couples that like goes to play tennis together, mainly because we don't play tennis. Um, <laughs> but we, you know, so. <laughs> well, awkward. there you go. That would be it yeah, best. a challenge. Um, and we don't usually do good. The thing about Perry, it's it's his it's his greatest strength and his weakness is he's a great teacher. Like it's why he's been able to make our daughter such a great hunter because he just teaches and he loves to do that. But sometimes when you're married to that person, like he tried to teach me to snow ski when we were dating, mm-hmm. and that didn't really work out so well for us because I just need you to let me do it. You know, yeah. I need you to yeah. quit telling me that I'm doing it wrong because I'm up on skis in the snow on a mountain, and that's. <laughs> That's a victory. So I don't need you to tell me I'm doing it wrong is what I'm saying. You know, I get that. Yes. Um, Mm -hmm. No criticism. I don't need any criticism, any encouragement. And let me go and try it. I'm going to do it the safest way possible and never fall down ever. I will not fall down. And if I I need to call ski patrol to bring me down this mountain, (laughs) there's no shame in that. That's just me being safety. That's me being safety. I am all for that. We'll stick to the blues and I will be good. The whole day, I'm going to be good. Just as easy, easy, easy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's yeah. exactly it. So, so you don't do a lot of that together. No, we don't do a lot of that kind of stuff together. I mean, but we're both so we both have our separate things. And so I go have my girl time and go see girl movies and go shop and do stuff with my friends. And he goes and hunts and goes to the ranch and all that stuff. 
And then we'll usually, when we go out, when we really have, especially in the last year, realize like we really try to make effort that at least hopefully once a week, but if not once every two weeks that we go out on a date and we both love going, you know, somewhere good for dinner and having a nice meal and just talking and catching up and all that kind of stuff. So that's kind of how we work. But I've always said like people can't compare because I have a lot of friends that they do everything together. You know, their husbands, they, you know, they grocery shop together and, you know, they go to the mall together or whatever and good for them. But that sounds miserable to me. Like I just, I don't want, I don't, I don't need him at the mall with me and he, he doesn't want to be. So we, we well, I think that's, that's a, it's a good thing. That's a good message. I think it's a good message because I think there's always this side of me that's, you know, comparing kids, comparing marriages. Well, why couldn't we do that? Why can't we work together on some big project? You know, yeah, yeah. that would be a problem. Like yes. hanging up pictures on the wall has been, I think, one of our biggest arguments. Because uh-huh, uh-huh. he's 6'3 and I'm 5'6. And there's just even the height. We just don't even agree on where the picture should go on the wall. So, you know, I think that's, I think it's wise to be, you know, it's okay to have your individual likes and come together for the time Mm -hmm. of enjoyment Mm -hmm. of one another. That when we got married, our, the pastor who married us, Rufus was his name. I remember the church assigned us Rufus because we were pastor Rufus, pastor Rufus. He asked us, he said, okay, after you light the unity candle, are you going to blow out your individual candles or keep them lit? And that like blew my husband's mind. He was like, whoa, that's like very philosophical right there. Yes. Oh, it's deep. Like, are we going to keep the candles? Like, are we going to stay ourselves and be one? Mm -hmm. Or are we just no longer Bruce and Heather and it's only like. Yeah. brother or whatever we're going to call ourselves. Yes, like, exactly. Like, yeah. You know, Angelina Jolie mm-hmm. and Brad Pitt. Yes. Nick. So, because we're like them a lot. Well, yeah, um, sure. But I think that, the, I think that there was this little side of me that thought, well, if you really truly are married, you've just got to give up your whole self mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and who you are and what you like and just be one. And he was really good about saying, no, Heather, you need to develop what you enjoy you need to be your own person separate from me and really fostered that in me. So yes, I don't yes. know if someone's listening and just feeling like you know, maybe you're new to marriage, maybe it's your first year and you're just feeling that struggle of, of missing yourself and the things that you like to do. Um, I don't think there's anything wrong. You can still be bonded as one and serve as one and, and have your own things. Like Absolutely. Likes. Yeah. Well, and I think sometimes some of the, like to me, especially after you've been married for 16 years, I mean, if we do everything together, I mean, if we've been together too much, like I'll laugh because he has a landscape business. So, you know, a lot of times there'll be, you know, if there's rain or the weather's bad or whatever, he'll be home all day. Mm. And like, those days where he's home all day, by like dinner time, I'm like, I have nothing to say to you. Like, we, what'd you do today? Well, same thing you did today. We sat around the house, you know, like went to yes. the grocery store. That's what we did. And sometimes for us, the best times we have in the date nights or whatever are times when we have been off doing our separate things and we come together and I can, because I do want to hear about his hunting trips or whatever. Like, tell me what you did. What did you see? What was fun? What was great? And like, if I'm off speaking somewhere or if I've been off writing that day or whatever it is I've done, he wants to hear about that too. You know, or if I've been out with my friends, well, what did she say? Well, what's going on with her? You know, and so it gives us stuff to talk about, which after you've been together for 16 years, I mean, you've kind of heard all the old stories, you know? So, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And you you try to listen patiently when they tell them again. Yes. And you're like, yeah, I already Uh You told that that one. I know that Uh one. That was awesome. That That was a good time. time. High school when y'all did that. That was awesome. When when the cops pulled you over. Uh Yeah. Yeah, I remember that. Um, Mm -hmm. So, 
Yeah, I think that's good. Okay, so then let's do, so we did the, the humility part and the humbling and the throwing the phone on the wall. Yes. Um, yeah. So where is, where is, have you, I know through your Sparkly Green Earrings book, you've had, you know, some harder times, you know, in becoming a mom and the struggle mm-hmm. with, you know, do you do more kids and all that stuff. Um, have you had a time where you just were kind of at the end of yourself and you just said, I can't do this on my own anymore. I need God. And you said when you were married, you were kind of new to Christianity. Yes. Tell us about some of that time, like, where you had to, because I heard you preach, girl. <laughs> I know people think, oh, Melanie, she's all about the fashion, <laughs> and oh, Melanie, she's hilarious. No. Melanie knows the word of God, and she That's... can preach. I heard her in well... a loom this year, and she brought it, and people were tweeting up a storm over her just as much as Anne. So bring well... it. So tell you. us about your how you stay God centered. Well, I try. I have to laugh. I have to tell you first is I wrote last week on my blog. I wrote a serious post just about kind of just some insecurities and stuff I've been dealing with, and I laughed so hard because somebody left a comment and they were like, "God, all this time I've just thought you were really shallow, but now I <laughs> no. see that you're not." And I got so tickled. Well, at least like, you got well, tickled. Annoying. <laughs> it made me laugh. I was like, "I am. I'm just really. I'm just sitting here, just talking about clothes." Um, you know, I to me, marriage and motherhood. I think that what is so interesting about them is they are both just these ways that God refines us. Mm. You know, and I look at being a wife to Perry and being a mother to Caroline, and just think there are so many things that God continually works on in my heart that could only be done by being Perry's wife or being Caroline's mother, you know, Mm. just a dying to self and, Mm. um, and letting go of kind of who I sometimes want to be versus who I really am, if that makes sense. And just, um, and just wisdom and discernment and, um, and knowing how to, because I think it's hard to always know. I mean, Perry and I just this last fall had kind of one of those talks in your marriage. You know how sometimes you just have one of those, like, I almost say it's like a barn burner where you just have to almost burn it down to start over again because yeah. we had just, um, we call it come to Jesus. That's it. And like, we had just kind of gotten to that point where we were just so much in our routine that we had just gotten lazy with everything, you know, where we weren't making our marriage a priority and we weren't making each other a priority. And it snuck up on us, which I think is so Mm -hmm. easy to let happen where you just get so busy because you're in a busy stage of life, you know, and we were neglecting. If you don't put it in first, if you don't like, yeah, yeah, like you said, make it the priority, the other things are going to totally, because you just assume they're always there. They're there. Exactly. Yeah. There. I mean, he's, he's there, but yeah, but I want to go do this and I want to go do that. Yeah. And we've got this going on and, you know, and, and life just gets increasingly busy, especially as your kids get older, I feel mm. like, because you're, you know, it's not the, it's not the physical tiredness like it is when you have toddlers and littles at home, but it's that the, the basketball practice and the games and the, you know, it's running Caroline's social calendar can, <laughs> you know, it's, I mean, she's much more popular than either one of us. <laughs> so she has a lot more demands on her time, but she has no driver's license. And so it's still our job to, oh, right. you know, it's your show social her calendar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, but I think it's that daily dependence of just, um, just God, I need the strength that you can give me today. I need the strength that you can give me to love my husband better, to be a better mother, to know. I mean, Caroline's 10, so we're at that age where, like, now she asks me these sometimes these really hard questions that I'm just like, oh, my brain hurts so bad. Mm-hmm. And I really wish she would start asking them before, like, eight o'clock at night, you know? But, um, but it's that kind of stuff where it's like, I'm not equipped to do this. I mean, right. in no way in my nature 
am I equipped to be a wife and mother and all the selflessness that that requires without the grace of God? And if I don't have His Spirit in me, um, giving me the fruits of the Spirit and knowing that He's the one that's going to give me the joy and the gentleness and the patience and the self-control, there's I, don't, I, I really don't know how people do it. I really totally, don't. Totally. Without, I heard someone yeah. say, you know, that, like you said, it's natural. In me, it's not naturally not as selfish. This yeah. Supernatural reaction. Mm-hmm. We hear that word supernatural. Well, that look beyond my natural reaction is the yeah. spirit. Is the spirit? And you've totally hit it on the head. Like, and it's so it's so hard to describe to someone because spirit is can't see it. It seems mm-hmm. kind of silly, but if you've ever experienced it, you're like, wow, that reaction I just had was so not me. What I wanted to yes. say that was so mm-hmm. not me. That had to yes. be. God, because yes. <laughs> mm-hmm. I would have smacked that kid right upside the head if it had been that, me, or I would have yelled, or I would have screamed, or I would have walked out the door, you know. Yes, yes, and I think that that's so, when I hear myself sometimes, because it's like Caroline will ask me a question, and it's like, I'm like, I have like two minutes to sit there, and <laughs> and an older mom friend told me one, one time that she said, here's the deal with your kids, you need to not overreact when they tell you stuff, or they're going to quit telling you stuff. Mm, yeah. Yeah. And so I always try to keep that in mind. So, you know, no matter what Caroline says, it's like I try to keep this like poker face yes. where you're like, oh, huh, I'm so that. glad you asked. That's yeah, what someone that told is, me to say. Yeah. I'm so glad you asked. Oh, <laughs> so that's calm. Good. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That, that is such a great question. You know, mm-hmm. and in my mind, I'm like, help me, Jesus. Help me, Jesus. <laughs> I don't know how to answer this. I don't know what the answer is. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah. And it's so hard to know the balance of, because I laughed because Caroline, it was last year at school and they were going to watch like the film, you know, like kind of the health film about what happens to your body oh, and whatever. Yes. The girls have a film and then the boys mm. have a film or whatever. And I knew what it was going to be and I was fine with her seeing it or whatever. But on the way to school that day, I said, okay, this is kind of, the film's going to talk about just different stuff. And I kind of told her and, and I said, do you want me to tell you about some of this stuff in advance? Like, do you, and she just looked at me, she goes, please don't. And I was like, okay, all right. Well, then I just said, so if you have any questions afterwards, you can ask me anything. There's nothing you can't ask. There's nothing you need to be embarrassed to ask, whatever. But it's so hard to know that balance between you know, what you're supposed to do and what you're not supposed to do. And, and each kid is so different. So you can't just read a book that's going to have all the answers. You've got to figure it out. Yeah. So I will say on that topic, which I think we're talking about, yes. is um, Mary Flo Ridley, who's here in Dallas. She is awesome. Yes. Like, I've heard her, her thing. Yes. You've heard yes, her thing. Okay. Yeah. Before you, I don't know, sooner than you think, I think is her, is her like okay. little talk. But she's the one who said, I'm so glad you asked, as her little line, That's you know, good. to stay That's calm. Good. She's like, if, uh-huh. if you need help in your car and fixing your car, you go to your uncle who knows about cars. So if you look like the expert and the calm expert, your kids will come to you instead of their friends. Oh, and I was like, that's, mm, a good, that's a good little mm, analogy there. That is. That is. That is. Okay. So to get centered in God, do you like have your normal routine, like that you spend time with God? Or is it prayer? What's your, what's your go-to? I do. You know, it's funny because it changes for me. But right now, I feel like I really do get up in the morning. And I know, you know, I grew up and it was like so, like you had to open your Bible like first thing in the morning, you (laughs) know, because if you don't, God is not going to hear you at 9 a.m. He needs to hear you at 7 a.m. But I had to kind of let that go. That was a legalistic thing for me because I don't wake up that early. You know, like, I mean, I wake up, but I'm not really awake. And so it was kind of like I realized I was just going through the motions because I was so tired. And so for me... I give myself the freedom to get up, I check my email, I have my cup of coffee, I kind of give my brain a little bit of time to wake up, and then I really try to spend time just reading my Bible. Um, Right now, I'm not doing 
I kind of had been doing different Bible studies, but I'm not right now just because it's a time thing and it just gets to be time consuming to do that. But I've got a couple of good books. Like at the beginning of the year, I was going through Angie Smith's Chasing God book, which is so good. And um, right now I'm reading Priscilla Shire has one called God is Able that I love. Yeah, that one just came out. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. And so I kind of usually try to have some sort of book like that that I'm reading in addition to the Bible. And then for me, sometimes the biggest thing in, in the moments I feel the closest to God are at night when I'm cooking dinner and I'll turn on like my Pandora, Christy Knuckles mix or whatever and just have that music play in, you know, yeah. and sometimes I feel like those times when I'm just listening to the music and I'm cooking dinner and whatever are the times that I feel like God speaks to me the clearest a lot of times, even more than just when I'm sitting and reading the Bible in the morning. So um, it just, it helps. It's just that worship thing. But that's a thing for me where worship has always been where I connect with God the most is in, is in worship. So and music. Yes. And music. And, um, well, that's good. I like that. So then when, like, I was just thinking right now as I'm sitting here listening. Yeah. When someone's not doing a Bible study or reading a book and you say you read mm-hmm. the word, like, I always wonder, like, how, how do some people know which verse to turn to? I mean, may, maybe someone's wondering that, like, well, how do you just start reading the Bible? Maybe they're wondering, how do you just, and I know some people say, okay, well, I read a proverb a day or go through the Psalms or, yes. you, know, you know, I don't know. I don't know what to tell them. Do you have any advice? I, what I have done, I mean, and I kind of had, have had to figure that out too. Like last year, um, when I quit doing, I'd been doing a Bible study and then I finished it. And so I thought I'm just going to read through like all the gospel, you know, like I'm just going to read through Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And so I did that last year was kind of my thing. And I do it slowly because I feel like it might've been Priscilla Shire who I heard say this. I'm not sure, but I'm going to give her credit because I think it was that it's not about how much you read. It's about how much you take in what you read. Mm, And so I feel like I used to have this thing and I've done the like read the Bible in a year things. And I've probably done that twice or whatever, but I got so focused on that OCD part of my personality, got so focused on the quantity I needed to read every day that I was just speeding through it. I was just reading it. Yeah. And if I got behind, then I'm trying to read like four Mm. chapters and I'm stressed out and I'm not absorbing any of it. And for me, I just do better if, and so some days I may just read a small passage. Um, Right now, what I usually do is take a book of the Bible and just, and I think that I got that from Priscilla Shire too. So basically I just copied Priscilla Shire because (laughs) it it appears to be working for her. She's got it going on. I feel like she's doing okay. She's doing good. Yeah. Um, I just try to take a book of the Bible and say, this is the book. So since January, I've been going through Colossians and Colossians is four chapters. It is not a long, but I've, I've read it's it. It's rich. I mean, it's, it's got rich. a lot of good stuff. Yeah. And I feel like it's so to me, which this is a whole thing I could get into, but I feel like it's, it's such an example of where the body of Christ is right now mm. in so many ways. And mm. so I really started feeling at the end of the year, like God was putting Colossians on my heart. And mm. so I've been reading it and then rereading it and then rereading it. And it's funny because even in the course of a few days, things that didn't stand out to me two days before stand out to me yes. later. You know, yes. I get different little yes. nuggets. Sometimes I think that it's okay to read and reread and reread the same thing a couple of days and let it really like sink in, you know, to yeah. where you, you have that into where you even, some of it becomes like in your memory, you know, where you can recall it and it's not just words. And then just because I love the Psalms and I think they're so beautiful, I'll usually read a Psalm a day and the way I pick my Psalm <laughs> is whatever the day is, whatever the date is, I'll go read that one. And I'll kind of go all the way through. So if it's the seventh of the month, 
I'll read Psalm 7, and then obviously there are more than 30 psalms. So then I just kind of keep going. But usually the last number is, you know, whatever the date is and kind of go through that way. Um, But I think that's the best way to do it is just to pick a book. Because I feel like if you're just trying to skip around and one day you read something out of Jeremiah and the next day you read something out of Ephesians, it can be so disjointed. But Yeah, and I think sometimes we can pick out like the ones that make us feel good and yes. miss the context of the message. And, you know, I think yes. studying a book, that's a good idea. And I've just started BSF this year. I've never done it mm-hmm. before. Oh yeah. It's hardcore. Um, it's hardcore. But I like that they, you know, you'll be reading maybe in Matthew, a chapter in Matthew, but they'll take you to other parts of the Bible that go along with it. Or you can look in your co- cross reference. Like if you have a mm-hmm. certain Bible, they'll maybe mention another verse, you know, that yeah. goes with that. And I, that mm-hmm. it takes me then all over where I might get stuck in Habakkuk and be like, how did I get in Habakkuk? Yeah. But I'm, yes. You know, it, it's yeah. good. It's it's good. Well, thank you for sharing that. Yeah. So we can expect a Colossians Bible study from you in about nine months. Yeah. Gonna, yeah. yeah. That's my You're going to start writing Bible studies. Watch out, Priscilla. Yeah. <laughs> Here comes Melanie. Breaking Woo. in. Breaking through. Okay. <laughs> we'll see. We'll she's see what God has. Terrified. Hey, she's going to be terrified. It's coming. Uh-huh. It's coming. Mm. No, it's good. Oh, well, thank you so much. Um, I Our time, I think, is up, sadly. Okay. Yeah, and that I was probably, so fast. I'm I know. Good. I probably should get um, – oh, yeah, I know. So <laughs> Sometimes I go back and listen to interviews and someone will say, it's so good to be here. I'm like, I know. No, that's not what I meant. It's so, <laughs> so enjoyable. I know. Um, but uh, I probably should get my children before they get snowed into school, right? Yeah, I, for sure. I would feel you're bad. I would wear some nervous. guilt over that yes. if I was your, okay. your kids end up being stuck. Well, you're, you're free from the guilt. Um, okay. but thank you for being on here. Thank you for sharing about your marriage and encouraging all of us to just enjoy enjoy the, the journey of refining in what marriage is and to love our spouses for who they are and how they help us grow. I appreciate well, you. Well, yeah. Well, thanks for having me, Heather. It was fun. I enjoyed it. Isn't Melanie great? I think we all know now why. Everyone is such a big fan of Big Mama. Um, and if you don't have a copy of Antelope in the Living Room, just head on over to GodCenterMom.com. And in the show notes, there will be a link to go get that book. I hope you all have a great day. Thanks for listening to the God Centered Mom podcast. I hope you enjoyed our guests as much as I did. And if you're looking for resources on how to replace me with he, go to GodCenterMom.com. I want you to know that God is just as present at your kitchen sink as your church pew, that he sees your service and he is pleased. The Lord your God is with you. He is mighty to save. He takes great delight in you and he will quiet you with his love. He will rejoice over you with singing. Have a great day.